A new you starts now. It starts now. Many a times we come into a new season, a new year, and we are not even able to identify uh, what should change or uh, what our expectations are. If you're like me, maybe you ended last year a bit, a bit tired. I actually ended last year a bit tired. Yeah, I, I flogged the year, and the year flogged me. <laughs> it was both ways. We used ourselves, both me and the year. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, uh, but it was a lot of work, a lot of movement, a lot of moving parts. Uh, I got to the end of the year, and somebody asked me, oh, PG, are, are you traveling? As I travel, I don't want to see airport. As I am right now, I'm not friends with airports. I just don't like to see. As in, that was how I felt last year. It was like, they told me, don't show up here again. <laughs> I, was, I was tired. And, uh, you know, there's a point the tiredness gets to that it starts to affect your capacity to aspire. Yeah. It starts to affect your capacity to see newness. Maybe you're tired of your job. Somebody here may even be tired of your marriage. So you can't see anything new in that marriage. You can't see, uh, say, say, spice it up. What is which spice? This is your spice? Or which, you know, that's what you are thinking. Is it that easy? You know, uh, all kinds of things. Somebody is saying, look, this year your career is going to go to a new level. Somebody is saying, for where? With this kind of boss? How? And I'm just tired. And so, some people just feel like jumping ship from jumping ship at work, at home, even leaving church, because you're just tired. Yeah. You just feel like, maybe I should just keep running or walking or doing something, but I don't know how things are going to turn around. If you're taking your time to rest very well during the holidays, perhaps taking some time to pray, maybe you were even here for the New Year's Eve service, this may be turning around gradually. But as we go into this month of January, I see that God wants to turn a lot of that around for many people. I cannot hear your amen. amen. Yeah. God wants to give you strength. Amen. He wants to give you courage. He wants to give you boldness. Amen. He wants to renew you from inside out. Amen. Say a bigger amen, somebody. Amen. Because the way you start a year is... It's very, very important to how the year will pan out. Sometimes people start a year and until May, they don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. Some people until mid-year, it looks like the year has not started. Because everything is still dragging. Everything is still, we have not learned to renew our strength, to refocus, you know, to reset and to balance out. You know, when, when you, I do a bit of flying, when you get in the aircraft, almost all the energy that is needed must be, I mean, almost all the energy available must be made available for the aircraft to take off. They will even tell you, switch off the light, switch off everything. We're about to take off. We need everything we can gather. If you can give us some of your energy, we'll add it to the one for this aircraft. Yeah, so, so that it can take off. They need everything for the aircraft to be able to take off. But you know, the moment the aircraft takes off, 
taxis and then takes off. He tells you you can do anything. Yeah. You can put on all the lights, you can stand up, you can play around, you can, because now we're balanced out. Yeah, we're balanced out. And a lot of the time, the pilots just put everything in cruise control. In the cockpit, they're drinking coffee and chatting away. If you know what some pilots do in the cockpit, you won't fly. <laughs> Especially when the thing has balanced out and they're just going. How does it feel to get our lives to the point where it looks like things are balanced out? Are you still with me today? Yeah, where it looks like things are largely balanced out and I, I, I am not agitated about my future. I'm not agitated about where I'm going. I know I'm on the right course, just like the aircraft. Everything has balanced out, and I'm cruising, but I'm making progress. Are you still with me today? Yeah. I'm on, you know, autopilot. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's like you're on cruise control, but you're making progress. What's most important in life is that I make progress. And some people think that until you wind everything all the time, that's not, that's not how they fly. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, you put a lot of energy to take off. You take off the right way. You balance in the right direction, and then we cruise. That will be somebody's testimony this year. Amen. I cannot hear your amen. amen. That will be your testimony on your job this year. Amen. You'll make progress with ease amen. in the name of Jesus. That will be the testimony of your marriage this year. In the name of Jesus, there shall be no putting asunder. I cannot hear your amen. amen. A new you starts now, and it starts with how you start the year. Our anchor scripture for this new teaching series, A New Me, is Isaiah 43 from verse 18 and 19. I read this at the New Year's Eve service. If you were not here, I'll ask that you get the message and listen and watch it over and again. I mean, later today, perhaps we'll put the exact message on, on YouTube, but we have the entire service on YouTube. You can just scroll it down to where the message is, if it's just a message you want to uh, watch. As I said last night, I think we had about 12,000 views of, of that, but uh, it's uh, over three-hour service. So just that message. I, I need you to, to watch that 50, 55 minutes message again and again and again until something settles in your spirit. Isaiah 43 Verse 18 and 19 said, Do you not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old? Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? That's the important thing. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I remember at the New Year's Eve service, I made mention of the fact that God operates both in the logical realm and in the illogical realm. And you need to know him on both sides. It's a God that says, plan, make, you know, uh, uh, make a plan, work things out, think through the process. It's also the God that says, I can bypass your process and fast track your destiny. So he walks both on the logical and the illogical side of life. It's a God that will say, if you don't walk, you will not eat. And it's a God that rains manna. <laughs> Especially for a people who have not gained the capacity to walk because they're in transition. And sometimes life is in transition for you. And God will still meet you 
in that place of transition. He is the God of our mountaintop and the God of our valleys. So wherever life has placed you for time, God is always there. Whether you are in the valley right now or you are on the mountaintop, God is there with you. And it's the God that is able to work everything out. If you seek him, you understand him, and you know what he is about to do. Tell your neighbor for me, it's time to cease from, from your struggles. One of the ways we struggle, especially at the beginning of the year, is to make New Year resolutions. Am I against New Year resolutions? No. But am I tired of New Year resolutions? Or are you tired of New Year resolutions? Me too. Yeah. Because a lot of the time, uh, we write things anchored on our capacity for self-will. I'm going to do this more, and I'm going to stop doing that. There's a better way that the scripture sees the word resolution, for instance, uh, um, the better words that you can use. Repent is better than resolution. That I repent. <laughs> resolution is based on my resolve. Repentance is something that comes from within. I am turning a new leaf. I am turning around. It's different from I resolve. Because sometimes we don't even know the reason why we are resolving to do certain things. And who you are is what determines what you do. Until there's a new you, trying to do something different uh, may not last. Are you still with me today? Yeah. Until there's a new me, the old me, trying to do something differently uh, will, will be unnatural. So it won't last. I don't know if somebody's getting me today. Yeah. So if I say, I'm not a dog, but I just want to bark like two or three times a day, but I'm not a dog, I just want to bark. Yeah. After a while, I realize that I'm not a dog. So there's no point barking. <laughs> Is somebody still with me this morning? Yeah. I, after a while, I just realized I'm, I'm really not a dog. There's no point barking. Yeah. That's, that's what some, most people do. You see something that seems nice. Everybody is slimming down. Let me do my own too. Or, <laughs> you know, or uh, um, everybody is reading the Bible. Let me read the Bible. Am I a disciple? And have I made up my mind to be a disciple? A fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Because if, I, if, if that's who I am, to follow through with a Bible plan will not be an issue for me. But if I remain a drifter, and I'm going to dwell on that a bit this morning, if I remain a drifter in my journey of destiny, then it becomes difficult for me to resolve to do certain things differently. So I need to pay attention, first and foremost, to who I am. Faith is born from the heart. And in James uh, chapter 2 and uh, I think verse 17, the scripture says that you have to, faith and works have to go together. When I focus only on works, what happens is that because there's no faith to add to it, and works is of the physical, faith is of the heart. With the heart, man believes. Faith is of the heart. So the matters of the heart are more important. The heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of the action. Are you still with me? The heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. If I truly want a new life, then there has to be a new me. 
And if there's going to be a new me, there has to be a change from within. And if there's going to be a change from within, it has to be the work of the one who dwells in me, who can change me from within. And if you're a believer here, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's how, that's the progression. It has to be from inside out. You cannot be moving within and remain standstill without. Many people want to move out, outside, but inside, they are standstill. They, they, they're standing still. That's, that's the problem. Are you still with me today? Somebody still here. The church is very quiet. Glory be to Jesus. So naturally, if you can change your habit, you can change your life. However, if your direction is wrong, you still end up in the wrong place. You still end up in the wrong place. If you can change your habits, you know, motivational speakers have told us this a lot. Uh, life coaches have told us this a lot. You change your habits, you change your life. But what about if I change my habits, but my direction is wrong? I'm still a drifter. And I tell you a story about what gave me the good understanding of who a drifter is. Many years ago, I was still single. The church that I attended, we had a, a singles outing. I think it was around, maybe about around December. And then we went to Takwa Bay Beach. And as at the time, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know how to swim as much as I know right now. Um, I later trained to swim. As a, as a trained engineer, I used to go offshore. And you have to train properly to swim especially if you work with one of the oil majors and you get your swimming license and all that. That happened eventually, so I'm a better swimmer now. Don't judge me by this story. I hope you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't judge me by this story. Yeah. Uh, um, so we went, we went to Takwa Bay Beach uh, off the coast of Lagos, and um, uh, we were playing in the water. One thing about the beach that you know is that if you place something here and the water is flowing, forget about where you placed it. Yeah, even a few days ago, I took my, on the first, I took my kids, uh, my family to the beach, and my daughter left her slippers at the edge, and water was flowing to that edge. When I got there, I found only one. While I was still thinking, huh? The second leg of this slippers is gone. All of a sudden, while I was thinking, the water just brought it back. And I was like, ah, Holy Ghost, thank you. <laughs> I know it's just an ordinary slippers, but if God comes through for you, you have to always say thank you. So I picked it, and I told her, I said, see, see your life. You left your, your, your slippers here, if not for the grace of your father. Yeah. <laughs> That's the part that is gone forever. <laughs> so we were playing with the water. This was many years ago. Yeah, playing around water. I couldn't swim so well, but I was swimming. I just realized that all of a sudden, I couldn't see anything again. Yeah, as in I couldn't see anything again. Every, everywhere was pitch darkness. My instinct told me to try to wave my hand. So I lifted my hand and tried to wave it. And I realized that my hand was not coming out. And then it dawned on me that um, something has happened. I couldn't explain, but something has happened. Call the long story short. After a while, while I was just struggling down there, I felt like somebody was trying to touch me from behind. Yeah, and the moment the person grabbed me, I relaxed. At least I had that little sense that when, 
you are struggling inside water, if somebody comes close to you, you can, if you struggle with them, you can hit them, and then it's double jeopardy. So this guy grabbed me and pushed me, and uh, together we're going up. It took some time to get up. That's why I knew how deep I was. So eventually, my, I felt the, the, the ray of light. Ha, I was telling myself, <laughs> it looks like we're underground. I've been underground for a while. <laughs> this was not funny. Eventually, I realized it was a fisherman that jumped off his boat. The water drifted me so far away from the shore that the people, the single fellowship members were looking <laughs> around for me. I was not a pastor then, so I was <laughs> they, they were willing to donate me. Or something, I don't know. <laughs> That's just a joke. But what I meant was that they were, <laughs> they were still wondering what could have happened. Maybe I walked away. Maybe I was inside the water. They were not sure. Because it happened so fast, because of the current of the water, that I drifted so far in and so deep in. The boat of the guy that brought me out was a boat we were looking at from afar. The guy was fishing. Eventually, the guy brought me and brought me to the shore. And they had a fellowship <laughs> around me to celebrate God. And everybody became very calm and quietly walked out of the water. The rest of the picnic we had under the shed. Nobody was allowed to get into the water again. This was maybe about 25 years ago. But I, it's a story that I will never forget for the rest of my life. Because one, God saved me. Two, I understood that life is about how you respond to currents. Anything that is left to itself under high current will drift. And many people are drifters in destiny. They're not in control of the things that are drifting their lives. They don't have the skills and the capacity to control those things. So they, 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 they just realize that they've gone so far without knowing. And somebody, you know, got tempted, slept with one person. Before you know, it became a serial adulterer. Because the current of adultery has carried the person away. Yeah, and taken the person so deep. Somebody just, you know, sniffed something, and they said, oh, you know, you just feel good. And before you know it, the current carried the person away. The person can no longer help himself or herself and always crying, who is going to bail me out of this situation? And yet selling everything and using all the money to buy the things that destroy. I hope you understand what I'm saying today. That, that's, that's how life is generally. It's one big lesson that I learned from that occurrence is that we can be a drifter in destiny, but that's not God's plans, plan for our lives. So, as the new year begins, ask the question, where is my life going? Where is my life going? Where is my life going? New year helps you to take cognizance of where you are and measure it against where you want to be. Like I said, many people live in a drift mode. To drift means to be carried slowly by a current. Usually, you know, water current. You know, there's a difference between swimming in the swimming pool and swimming on the ocean. One has current, the other one does not. Some people assume that life is like swimming in the swimming pool. No. Life is about sw it's like swimming in the ocean. 
Life is filled with currents. 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 And you have to be mindful of the current by setting your own direction. Setting your own direction. Because without setting your direction, you're going to end up where you don't want to end up. So when we say set your goals for this year, when we say start with God, envision a new you, that's exactly what we're talking about. When we say we're going into 21 day fast from tomorrow, we're trying to gather all the energy, spiritually speaking, emotionally speaking, put our flesh under, stay away from currents that can lead to drifting in different directions. That's what we're trying to do. Some people will say, I don't have time for that. No, don't say you don't have time for it. Just say it's not important to me. Because everything that's important, you create time for. Are you still with me today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to clap, clap. Yeah. <laughs> because the excuse that many people give about different things that will help you to stay in control of destiny is that I don't have enough time for that. I don't have an hour a day to pray. I don't even have 30 minutes. No, don't say you don't have it. We all have 24 hours. Just say prayer is not important to me. Simple. It's simpler that way. And you are confronting yourself with your ignorance as you say that. Yeah. Prayer is not important to me. Just say that. Because everything that is important to you, you create time for them. Yeah, you create time for them. If anything is important to you, you create time for them. Our time in a day is 24 hours. We share it amongst priorities. Any life that will move forward, time must be shared with priority in mind. Any life that will drift, that will stagnate, will use time anyhow. It's that simple. If I want my life to move forward, I focus on priorities and share the 24 hours that I have among, I mean, amongst the priorities. If I want to stagnate or be a drifter, I just... I don't invest time. I spend it. I waste it. Yeah. Because when you invest time, you put it in within the priority uh, items of life. And I'm saying, as we start out this year, one of the priority items should be, I need direction for my life. I don't want to be a drifter. Yeah. I want to take off like the aircraft, like the description I gave earlier, so I can you know, stay up there and the rest of the year, I'm soaring on the wings of eagles. Say amen, somebody. Amen. So, a new year gives time to balance the ledger of our life. That's what happens as we get into a new year. Let me dwell on that uh, for the next five minutes, then I'll start to, to wrap it up. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, 18, and 19. It's time to balance the ledger of our destiny so that we can create the right direction. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 18, and 19, the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So the Bible says God has reconciled us to himself and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That he is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. When you look at this scripture on the surface, you say, 
old things have passed away, old things have become new, and, you know, God has reconciled us to himself. You feel that, I mean, the primary thing he's talking about is, is, is about our salvation and how we are reconciled with God through Jesus Christ and how God wants us to help other people to be reconciled. But when you check the word very well, reconcile, reconciliation. Reconciliation is a word, it's a principal word in accounting. And I'm looking at some accountants in the house this morning. Maybe I'll even need some help at some point. For somebody to help us describe how you carry out reconciliation. Yeah, how you make account to balance. Is there anyone that wants to help me quickly? I just have one minute. Anybody that's bold enough? Yeah. So that we can, because I want us to see that that word there is not just a Bible word. It's a word that some people use in certain professions on a daily basis. If you have worked in a bank before, yeah, and you are in operations, or what do you call that? Uh, you have to do reconciliation and balance account before you close. Am I saying the truth? If you go without it, you may not resume the next day. Yeah, you may just be going from there. Yeah. So I need help, truly, truly. I just need somebody apart from me to speak a word about reconciliation. I'm not, good, I'm not going on until somebody volunteers. <laughs> yeah. Quickly, quickly, quickly. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. Come, sir. God bless you. Let's appreciate him. <laughs> um, are you an accountant or you work? You're an accountant. Okay. Talk to us about reconciliation. Okay. I'll, I'll just speak bank reconciliation. Right. Um, we do bank reconciliation comparing what we want to be with what ought to be. And you pick out the differences and you sort out the differences. So when you realize that there are gaps, what do you do? So you make adjustments because you have a standard. You have what the picture should look like at the end of the month. Then you check what you have done throughout the month. Then you begin to make adjustments with what should be. So sometimes you realize that there are wrong postings, right? Very true. And sometimes you realize that somebody has been helping themselves. Window dressing. <laughs> <laughs> They've been doing with window dressing. Yeah. So it helps to catch bad behaviors. Fraud, misappropriations, wrong postings, wrong postings. mistakes, yeah. and intentional. Uh, <laughs> intentional something, something. Let's appreciate it. <laughs> So, if 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 18, and 19, especially uh, from verse 18, says, Now all things are God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, a service of reconciliation, a ministry of reconciliation. It means that God has a path, a standard, and from time to time, he wants me to measure myself against that to see if there are gaps so that there can be reconciliation. So that if there are wrong postings, wrong mindset, wrong belief system, things that I'm assuming, because some people run their businesses on assumption. You never go back to do reconciliation and check. Some people, if you ask themselves, they don't even know about people who are owing them money. You can't move into a new year like that and your account is not balanced. That's a failure going somewhere to happen and that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. 
And the Bible says God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Primarily speaking, it's about us reconciliating people to God. But at the same time, uh, if you pick that word in isolation, it speaks to the fact that we ourselves have to make sure that we are reconciled consistently with the plans and purposes of God. So we will not be a drifter in destiny. We are doing what is called course correction. When an aircraft is, you know, over 30,000 feet above sea level, the wind current there will blow on it. The cloud will blow on it from time to time. So it shifts maybe a little degree away from the right direction. The work of the system has been configured in the aircraft and the pilot is to make sure that from time to time, when wind you know, hits the, the, the aircraft, when the aircraft hits turbulence, they take it back. They call it cost correction. They take it back. They reconcile it back to the path that will take it to land, if it's each airport, to land there, so that it will not land in Afghanistan. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Because a few, you know, degrees of deviation can land you in the wrong place. Yeah. It has landed many marriages in the wrong place. Landed many careers in the wrong place. And I'm saying in 2020, by the grace and the favor of God, you will be reconciled. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Grace comes upon somebody today for proper course correction in the precious name of Jesus. So compare your life as it is to God's plan for your life. Identify the difference and reconcile it. It's time to reconcile and reconcile it. This that I'm teaching this morning is better than just making a surface level New Year resolution. That's why it doesn't work. Yeah, that's why it doesn't work. Do proper reconciliation. Newness is beyond new birth. It is continuous process of reconciliation and transformation so we can be where God wants us to be. That's real newness. It's beyond just new birth. It's beyond just giving your life to Christ. It's continuous process of reconciliation and transformation so that we can be where God wants us to be. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. So it's time... To close the gap in different areas. So there are different areas of our lives where gaps may exist. And newness is needed in those areas. From our spiritual life, to the state of our mental health, uh, to our physical life, to our emotional life, to our intellectual life, there are gaps. If a new me has to show up, a new me has to show up in those different areas. As we go into the month of January, we're going to, you know, dive into some of those areas and challenge ourselves to close the gap, to close the gap. Close the gap on your emotional state. Close the gap on your mental health. Close the gap on your intellectual stability so that you can deal with ignorance. Some people struggled in the last decade because of the sheer amount of ignorance that exists in their lives. You know, if you're more experienced than somebody and you sit with the person across the table and the person is talking, you just be shaking your head. You say, ah, see this level of ignorance. You're not going to make, you know, go far in this profession if you continue to think like this. That's why they appoint mentors to people. As you go into 2020, ask yourself, this decade, who is going to mentor me through? Spiritually, emotionally. 
career-wise? Who is going to mentor? Because mentoring and coaching is about closing the gaps. There's no world champion in any field of life without a coach. The people who are doing well, are they not the ones that should not have a coach? Have you asked yourself? Anthony Joshua just won another championship, right? Another, what, what do they call it? <laughs> Whatever. You shall box somebody <laughs> and one, one day. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. He has a coach. You should think that he's a guy that is trying to learn how to box that should be looking for a coach. The best in every field of endeavor. Anyone with a medal as a coach. Yeah. Anyone who has ever won a championship as a coach. But many people are drifting through life. You know, there's nobody that has a rope to your neck that can drag you for course correction and closing of the gap and reconciliation. Don't live your life like that in 2020. It's time for a new you, practically speaking, and gospel speaking. Are you still here today? I said, are you still here? I know I'm challenging us so hard this morning, and it's because I want us to start off this year with a lot of thinking. A lot of thinking. A lot of thinking. Glory be to Jesus. So, lastly this morning, in closing the spiritual gap, I want to challenge us to seriously look within. Are you becoming like God? Second Corinthians chapter 3 when you read uh, from, from verse 13 down to 18 in New King James Version, it says, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remained unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. Because the veil is... Uh, because the veil is taken away in Christ, but even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And when the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty or freedom. But we all, with un unveiled face, Beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory as by the Spirit of God. To close spiritual gaps, especially, we must make up our minds that veils have to be removed. We are with unveiled faces. When Moses went to see God, you can read that, you know, in the Old Testament, uh, his face was shining and all that. The children of Israel said, no, 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 we can't behold this glory. He had to put a veil. And what the scripture says is that that veil moved from the face of Moses to the heart of the children of Israel. That's why uh, the average Jew today just reads the Old Testament and stays there. They can't see Christ within it. Yeah. And they're stuck in Judaism. Because they can't see Christ within it. The Bible says, but when a man comes into Christ, that veil is removed. And we can see the glory of God and it's in seeing the glory of God that we actually see who we are. We gain a correct image of ourselves. Back to where we started from. If I cannot see a new me, I cannot have a new me. There's, there's, there's a difference between who I am and what is happening in my life right now. There's a difference between where, 
the wind current of life has taken me and where God actually wants me to be. And I need to allow God to reconcile me, especially starting from how I see myself. Are you still with me today? Glory be to Jesus. So, where will you have a conversation or persuasion that will change the trajectory of your life? There are many of such conversations in the Bible. Many. Matthew 16, for instance, when you read verse 18, Jesus had such conversation with Peter. Matthew 16, uh, from 17, 18, and 19. Jesus answered and said to him, Peter, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, Simon the son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter. Peter, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of God. Or, uh, and whatsoever you, 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 you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. At that point, a, there was a crucial conversation that happened that helped Peter in his own mind to close the gap. Jesus said, you were Simon. That's what people call you. Yeah. Simon means something like, I was trying to check it out, something like somebody who hears, a hearer or something like that. Uh, um, was not anything great. Some people even said, some theologians said, Simon means a reed. On a reed, is easily shaking. You understand? But Jesus said, you are Peter, a rock. I'm praying today that as we go into this season of seeking God's face from tomorrow, that as many as will participate, you have this kind of encounter. Where the Holy Spirit will show up in your life and help you reconcile destiny. In the name of the Lord Jesus. He said, you are Peter, you are a rock, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. The gate of hell shall not prevail against it. So, uh, uh, the scriptures we, we, we saw also, Saul became Paul. <laughs> Another powerful conversation that led to uh, a change of identity, change of image. Glory be to Jesus. And that happened in Acts chapter 9, when you read from verse 1. The Bible says, Then Saul, breathing threat and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letter from him to the synagogue of Damascus, so that if, if he found anyone, any who were of the way, those days they called them people of the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So they called them the way. It's like a sect, a group of people who just, you know, that's how they saw them. That's why if he found any who are of the way, they call them the way people. Uh -huh. So he was looking for the way people so he could gather them and bind them and send them for prosecution. That was his work. And as he was going, he got the letter from the high priest to go to Damascus, go and look for the way people. On the way to Damascus, he had an encounter. Jesus knocked him down and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? <laughs> and uh, Saul knew that whoever would knock me down like this must be Lord. He said, who are you, Lord? Nobody told him who was Lord. He was the one that said, who are you, Lord? I said, I'm Jesus that you are persecuting. And his life changed from that point. Before that time, Saul knew that he had capacity and ability, but his life was drifting. He was using his gift anyhow. 
until Jesus came at that point. Do you know that if Saul was going through a new year and he wanted a new life at that point, he could have been thinking about, let me just get a faster horse that will take me to everywhere I'm going to prosecute this. Let me buy a sharper knife so that if I catch any of the way, I'll just one time and kill them. And then I'm more effective. That's how some people see a better, but the real deal about life is the direction that you are going and how you reconcile. And God said, I want to reconcile you. I want to close the gap. You are doing stuff, and if you continue like this, you're definitely going to be destroyed. But you need to come in the right direction, which is, rather than persecuting these people, you are supposed to be a part of them and take the gospel to the next level. God had to knock him down, take his eyesight away for about three days, and told them, take him to Ananias, you know, and all that, let him pray for him. Long story short, read Acts of the Apostles chapter 9. I'm not going to go deep into it because of time. But from that point on, Saul became Paul, and he was reconciled back to the right path for his destiny. As we go into 2020 and the entire decade, will somebody seek for real reconciliation? Will you, uh, uh, you know, seek that the God who turned Peter, I mean Simon to Peter, Saul to Paul, Elijah succeeded Elijah, which was a full reconciliation of destiny. If you are Thomas, Thomas did not remain a doubter. Will this year be that year that doubts and all those things will be turned around in your life? My question for you this morning is that what is going to transform you spiritually? Because it's time to stop drifting. Can you hear me look at your neighbor and say, stop drifting? Stop drifting. Stop drifting. There's something that God wants to do in your life. And this is the time for it. This is the time. This is the moment for it. Lord, to refer every one of us to the message of last Sunday, the last Sunday of the year, uh, which we tag, press into his presence. Uh, powerful message. Right here at the Island Center, three of our pastors preach the same message, but different shades of it. Pastor Idris in the first service, uh, Deborah Motone in the second service, and Pastor Joyce in the last service. I attended two of those services and really blessed me on pressing into his presence. Now, so you go into this prayer and fasting time, one of the things that fasting helps us to do, like I said, is to calm down our flesh, press into his presence, engage the ministry of reconciliation, and then gain the right kind of speed for our destiny. There's nothing that is easy to do in this world like the things that God wants to do when God is said to do something. So why wouldn't I want to locate the things that God wants to do in my life so I can apply myself to those things? Yeah.